Well, welcome to another uh, edition of the Faithfully Entrusted Podcast with pastor, author, and teacher, Dr. Travis Tyler. I'm Zachariah Pugh, and I'll be your host for the day. We really appreciate you uh, joining us, and we appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting um, from everybody. So keep that, uh, keep those requests. We've had several requests from maybe different episodes, or we're maybe doing a little bit more on another episode. So keep that information coming. Travis, how are you today? Brother, I'm blessed. Thanks for asking. How's it going out there in Nashville? Good. It, it's good. It's been really, really warm, but I think it's been warm everywhere. And it, it, uh, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm actually headed out west to uh, New Mexico, um, and it's going to be cooler in New Mexico than it is in Nashville. Listen, you're going to love it. When I was in New Mexico, no humidity. Mm. I mean, it's like it's incredible. It's a you dry can walk heat. down. Oh, it's like, you know, somebody in my church was telling me that. Um, they had friends from Utah. There's no humidity out there. Yeah. And they were going to like Dallas and they're like, you don't understand. It's going to be like somebody has a wet washcloth over your mouth when you step <laughs> off the plane and they called They're like, it's exactly what it's like. So yeah. those of you that are the West coast, we've got West coast listeners. You don't know the pain of hundred yeah. percent humidity, you know, yeah, it gets in and, and, and Nashville with all the trees and greenery and pollen and everything else. It's, it can be suffocating for sure. So, well, we appreciate again, you listening to all of the different episodes that we've done last uh, episode. We, we talked about a miracle that happened in uh, Travis's church. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, please go back and check it out. But today we're going to talk about how do we pray to please God? So Travis, what are your, uh, where, where are you going to go with this one today? How do we pray to please God ultimately? Well, the reason we've titled it this way is because, you know, prayer is one of those categories that it's sort of like apple pie and maybe baseball. You know, every American loves it and believes mm-hmm. in it, even if they're pretty well of heart and unbeliever, they'll still say, yeah, you can pray for me. You know, and prayer is a I would also argue prayer is a an excellent touch point for uh, evangelism. And that may sound odd to some of our listeners, but I think if you say, hey, can I pray for you or what can I pray for you about? I think it makes people feel cared for and starts a evangelistic or God centered conversation. Yeah, I mean, so. you see, it seems to be like anytime uh, there's a tragedy, a national tragedy, you'll see people that you know are not uh, walking with God, maybe don't even believe in in the God that we believe in, but they'll say, you know, I'm praying for you, or we're going to pray for that. We we're praying for the families, uh, this and that, and uh, do they, you know, who are they praying to? What are they praying to? It's very, very interesting. Um, it is. Yeah, so the Bible is full of invitations to enter into a deep personal relationship with God uh, through the Father, through prayer. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, Travis? Yeah, be be my joy, too. Uh, you know, the First Chronicles 28.9 tells us if you seek Him, He will be found by you. And so I guess, first of all, let's just kind of have a definition of what prayer is. And I would say a very short, easy definition of prayer is to converse with the living God of the universe, to have discussion with him, to speak to him. Uh, Jeremiah 24, 7, it speaks of those who would become followers of Jesus. And God says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am Lord. And one of the best ways that you know somebody is to speak with them, right? You have some kind of an exchange. You know, that's the way it was, I'm sure, when you started dating your lovely wife, and it was the way when I started dating mine, it would be very difficult to have a relationship if there is no conversation whatsoever. Yeah. Conversation is important in getting to know each other. And, and I think God invites us in into doing that. Um, what else would you say on that point, Travis? Well, 
I think that one thing I'd like to kind of clarify, and some may disagree with me on this, but I think that scripture is kind of clear on this matter. I would like to point to Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 on the issue of prayer. Uh, some people make out prayer as if it is like this very back and forth, two-sided conversation. When I hear some Christians talk, it's almost like, I'm like, dude, is the Holy Spirit texting you? Like, how in the world are you <laughs> making these kind of statements? <laughs> Uh, I, I think personally, this has come through my conviction of the study of the word of God and my personal experience. I think clearly prayer is us speaking to God and God speaks back to us through the scriptures. Now I would almost caveat that in a couple of ways and say one through the reading of the word and then two through the prompting of the Holy spirit to recall the word in a particular situation. So in Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says, Long ago, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and through whom also he created the world. What's fascinating to me about this verse, Zach, you know, I'll hear people say sometimes that, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, there's many examples of God speaking different ways. And he used a burning bush in Exodus 3. He talked through a donkey in Numbers 22, right? Mm hmm that speak as well. And even a still small voice in first Kings 19, but in Hebrews, the author writes, it's a present active indicative, which means that Jesus is still speaking. And the question then becomes, how is Jesus still speaking? If he is no longer on earth, he is presently active speaking. And I think the answer of that is through the Holy scriptures, through the word of God, which if you've not listened to that episode, we did on that. It makes, you cannot have a, a God-centered, gospel-centered, satisfying, delighting prayer life if you are not in the scriptures. All right. Well, we're going to get deeper into this here in one second, but I want to remind you guys, if you want to reach out to us here on the Faithfully Entrusted podcast, there's a couple different ways you can do that. Our email is faithfullyentrusted at gmail.com, or you can text us or call us at 423-707-2504. You can reach out to us and tell us what you think how we can pray for you, which is today's topic, or if there's some other topics that you'd like to hear from us. So getting back to the prayer, what spiritual impulses uh, are, what, what are the, what are some spiritual impulses maybe that you would, you would come up with during prayer? And is that stuff from the Lord? I mean, you kind of just were talking about that. What go into that a little bit more? Cause you know, the speaking in tongues and, and some people will say how they hear from God in different ways. I love that you've backed this up with scripture as we just heard. So what would you say uh, is about all that, Travis? Well, I, this is mainly me speaking from my own personal experience and also how I think we see workings in the New Testament. Uh, but I would say this, you know, uh, Paul has the example in the New Testament, a man in Macedonia called, you know, he had a dream, come over and help us. Um, you know, God can work through, you know, you ever, you ever just been driving and you just randomly think of somebody you hadn't talked to in months or years and you call them, they're like, man, this is crazy. You called me because I, uh, you know, I, I'm battling cancer. I got brain cancer mm, or whatever, right. you know, I think as Christians, we have to be sensitive to those thoughts. Now, sometimes, you know, you, you had a bad burrito. And you can't, you know, or something like that, bad breakfast burrito, and you can't yeah. always go with it. But I think we have to be sensitive, particularly if there's a thought that is very Christ honoring and biblically centered to go with that thought and, and whatever the uh, action that is being prompted. So like if it's 
you know, a widow in your church that, you know, is lonely and that widow's my, uh, name comes to your mind, send them a card, you know, do something. It's, I think it's going to translate from thought to action in a very a loving and passionate way. Sometimes the promptings will be, well, you won't have peace about them, right? So this is going to be kind of awkward to talk about. I hear some people say sometimes, well, the Lord hadn't given me peace about it. Well, guess what? Sometimes when you're called to do things like church discipline, for example, or follow Matthew 18, you don't get peace till after you do the hard thing. Mm, yeah. And so, but the, the commands still stand. So uh, you can't always trust feelings necessarily, but I think you can sometimes trust promptings and just being careful with that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we all know uh, those of us who dig into the word, or even if you've been in church for a short period of time and you've studied the the acts of Jesus, he was big into prayer. So he definitely set an example for us. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Mark one thirty five. we see, and very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Uh, you know, this is very clear. Prayer was a priority. I've heard some people say, you know, I cannot see the face of men until I've seen the face of God. Prayer was as soon as he woke up, he was in prayer with the Lord. And so Jesus sets this example, and he prays all throughout his ministry when there's a times of distress, whether it's times of rejoicing and joy, thankfulness, he's constantly praying. Yeah, and Jesus also talked about the necessity of prayer. He did. Luke 18.1 tells us, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. It's interesting to me that Jesus connects not losing heart to continual regular prayer. And I'll be honest, in my own life, I have felt mm. myself slipping into anxiety and to depression. And that's another way to say losing heart, right? That's a yeah. similar thing when my prayer life has been sort of in the in the dumps, you know, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really good. And then uh, and something we need to think about, there's a ton of anxiety, depression, there's the world is a is a very, you know, difficult place, especially for believers. Um, and so, yeah, we've got to be on our face praying and uh, and spending time in that way. What did the disciples ask Jesus to teach them uh, in Luke 11? 1? I, well, Jesus praying in a certain way, Bible tells us that. And when he finished, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, and And so the Lord teaches them. We have the Lord's prayer. Something kind of interesting to me is how, and I see this more in sports and athletics with coaches and stuff, you know, more than anybody's probably guilty of this, but, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but you know, the Lord's prayer is a model prayer, mm. right? So, you know, it's kind of like if you took a model of a house and you said, this is a house, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's saying these are the elements of prayer. You know what I mean? As you go through there, it's, right. you know, high regard for the father mm -hmm. uh, who's in, you know, you're in heaven. We, we say where he is and, you know, holy is your name. Uh, you know, your will be done, not mine. Right. Mm -hmm. So putting, putting correct order of things. And that's what prayer is about, right? Prayer is about moving from my will to God's will so many times and not trying to make God's will my will, yeah. you know, like yeah. impose my will on God's will. So I agree with that. And I try to teach my kids that like, that's just a model of how we're supposed to pray. And I try this periodically, I'll be praying and I actually in my brain am, am reciting, you know, our father who art in heaven, how, and while I'm doing that, I'm actually praying the specific things, you know, their kingdom come, thy will be done on others in heaven. 
you know, give us this day. I don't say give us this day, our daily bread, but I'll be like, Lord, thank you for the provision. You've given us food and thank Uh you for, you know, thank you for our cars. You know, I think sometimes we forget to thank the little things. Like, have you thanked the Lord that we have a gas station nearby? I know it's expensive, but I mean, have we thanked the Lord that we have Firestone and Goodyear and these, these things that keep our vehicles running so we can go do amazing things. So God knows you drive all over East Tennessee. And if you didn't have a reliable vehicle and gas and fuel and things like that and tires and spark plugs and all the little things that make your car go, do we thank the Lord for those things? You know, sometimes I think think I'm guilty of just going, you know, too many times. Oh yeah. You, you go hard. There's no question about that. So why should we pray continually? You know, Jesus, we talked about Jesus as a model and he was, man, he was praying all the time. Why do we pray without ceasing? Well, I think uh, one, as we said, Jesus modeled it. But then the other thing, too, is that I would say that we need to, um, you know, I, I think that sometimes this is not necessarily meant to be a legalistic thing. Like you have to do this every second of every hour. Of course, a person can't pray, but there are different types of prayer. Sometimes I just pray mentally. I think the Lord hears that in our minds. Mm-hmm. I would I would encourage you to have a prayer journal so that you can write, you know, the effects that you've seen. George Mueller kept a prayer journal, was later turned into a book. And you, if you've not read George Mueller's book on prayer, it's amazing. Are you very familiar with him, Zach? I'm not. I'm not familiar with George Mueller, no. So George Mueller was a guy in the 18, late 1800s, I think, and he opened an orphanage and he had daily needs for these orphans. And instead of telling people his need, he would just tell God in prayer. And then like provisions would show up, money would show up, food would show up. And he told nobody but the Lord, and then things would just happen. So just an amazing testimony to who God is. Talk about the faith. So tell us about the acts that will help you uh, develop yes. your prayer life. My my members here at Grace love this thing. I get Every time I preach and teach on prayer, I try to bring this up. So acts is just kind of a quick way to remember, you know, how to pray well. First of all, A is for adoration. C is for confession. T is for thanksgiving. And then S is for supplication. So adoration is praise focused on who God is, you know, um, he's holy, he's just, you know, it's just center, he's eternal, he's loving, you know, you, you want to center the prayer about that. Second, we want to confess, that's just an acknowledgement of our sin before God in order to receive forgiveness. And I think this is good to do individually and corporately as churches, uh, when we receive eternal life in a relationship with God. And it's his will being established there. We're going to be confronted with repentance. Psalm 66, 18 says, if you have cherished sin in your heart, the Lord will not listen. <laughs> well, not have listened. So repentance is necessary to keep that conversation going. Yeah. You know, uh, conf- confess the sin when you realize you've committed it, receive his promise of cleansing and claim that victory that Jesus will help you with over the temptations you're facing and take, take time. You know, if you're listening right now and you haven't repented lately, they're kind of, I like to think of confession like a shower, right? Uh, you don't necessarily have to have one every day, but it sure does help you know, for everybody that surrounds you, right? You know, <laughs> you haven't repented to others or to the Lord, you, you might want to take that in consideration. Thanksgiving's pretty clear. I think we understand what that means. It's just an expression of gratitude for some specific things like you brought up, Zach. Um, you know, that should be the language. You know, somebody said once, this is the language of heaven is Thanksgiving, right? Mm. And then supplication is making making requests and express, expressing desires to God. 
you know, we're praying for my sister-in-law right now. She's battling brain cancer. That's a regular supplication in our prayer life and in my mm-hmm. prayer life. Uh, we don't know how God's going to show up. You know, she's a believer and she's accepted that, but we don't know what's going to happen. So those are kind of the things. That's one example there. Praying for other salvations. You know, Lord, please save them. You want those supplications to be centered more on God's will uh, than it is on your own. So, Well, good stuff. Really, really rich. So in review, prayer is a communication with God and it has to be learned and it must be practiced. It's not something you can just do periodically. You've got to do it on a regular basis. And then the acts that Travis gave us, the elements of prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication will help you better when you're praying. And you can dive into those more individually. Something that we want to leave you with, a little bit of a conclusion. It is important to pray each day. So think about what time of day would be best for you to pray, whether it's sometimes the mornings work for some people, sometimes it's midday, sometimes it's evening. Start out uh, baby steps. You know, if you're not, if you don't have a strong prayer life and you're not praying at all, start in the mornings. And then maybe, you know, down the road, you'll be to a place where you're playing morning, noon, and night. Travis, anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'd like to close with a quote from George Mueller since we brought him up. How's that yeah, sound? I love it. Uh, here's the quote. George Mueller writes, our heavenly father never takes anything from his children unless he means to give them something better. Mm. That's really, really good. So, Very good. Yeah. And check that book out. If you haven't read it, I'm going to do that for sure. We appreciate you joining us for Faithly Entrusted. This was episode seven. How do I pray to please God? We hope that you'll listen to it and review it down the road. We really appreciate you listening to the Faithfully Entrusted podcast. You can check out our uh, Facebook page or find this podcast wherever podcasts are listened to. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Google uh, Podcasts, to name a few. We're pretty much everywhere. So if you if you, uh, if you you want to share us, you can find us. Uh, and I've checked all those uh, outlets out and we are there. Hang it out and like do what Travis does. Just grab somebody's phone and subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. How you do it, man. That's how we do it. So for Dr. Travis Tyler, I'm Zachariah Pugh. We really, really appreciate you joining us. Join us next time when we open God's word to find out how Christ has faithfully entrusted us with his word. We will see you next time. Have a blessed day.